What up, world? It's your boy Rio. And your boy E Fights. And this is the Tinted Reality Show. Let's, Let's go. go. Bring the introduction in later. I need, I need to hit this Alabama bashing, man. By all means, Captain T, carry on, sir. <laughs> So hello everyone. Uh, always a pleasure to be back on the show. So nah, today, nah, we're, nah, we're, nah. Get back we're to gonna start, We're going to start with a little bit of Alabama, Cincinnati. So when you when you know when I think about Alabama, it's not that I don't like Alabama. I, to me, I'm impartial, right? And I think you had a great point. I don't play the game, but I will say this: when you think about Alabama, to me, it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? I'm a Tom Brady fan because he's a Michigan man, right? And I'm a Michigan fan. But when you look at his body of work, it's just excellence. When you look at wherever Nick Saban has gone, it's excellence. Alabama represents excellence. But I think what happens is we we become so accustomed to the to the excellence that we forget that there's other teams that are just as excellent or are in the in the landscape of college football. I got to be honest. I think if Cincinnati were to upset Alabama, it would be the best thing for college football since I don't know since they 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 started making since they made the SEC. I don't know because what it would prove is what it would prove is is that you have to play the game. For instance, today on Facebook, you know I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm not going out there being like Michigan's going to beat Georgia or whatever. We're going to play the game and find out. And I think that's what's important. A lot of people think that just because you come from the SEC and you're a powerhouse, you automatically get to just lock things up. Now, Alabama very well, very well may blow out Cincinnati, but you got to play the game, right? It's always got to be David and Goliath, and you always have to play the game. So for all the for all the fans out there that are like roll tide and whatever, hey man, With that same I, goofy look Eric got on his face right now. I hope I hope you I hope you win. I hope you win or you don't win. You know what I mean? Like. You know, just stop going down to Auburn and poisoning their trees. That's all. You know what I mean? Like all you. That was that one time. (laughs) And the guy didn't even get convicted. He should have got convicted. He did. He did. He did time. He never paid dollar in fines. Oh, really? I thought he went to jail. He died a couple years ago. Yeah, good. Because old Bubba didn't collect. Bubba should have collected as before he. Okay. I'm upset about that. Uh, uh, I, I. I think he should have gone to jail for killing the trees in Auburn. Jail time. Warren the orange. He should have been. He should have been made to wear a war eagle orange jumper in jail. No, anyway. that's just that's just cruel and unusual punishment, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this to all of that, right? All of that. All your your diatribe and you know your monologue of anti SEC humor, <laughs> if it were. I'm gonna say this. So. People from the outside, like I'm a diehard Bama fan. I'm talking about in, in them in them five win seasons, bro. Like way back, right? Oh, you mean like in 2000 when Brady beat Alabama in the bowl in the Orange Bowl? Yeah, I remember that. Sure. Too. W- w- whatever. How far everyone we'll go back? Whatever. Whatever makes you sleep good at night, and I'm here for it. You know? I, I just didn't. I just didn't so know if you that that, that 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 all all of that said, right? All of that said, <laughs> when people say they're tired of seeing Bama and tired of hearing of Bama, I, I, to that I say they're not looking. Right. To that, I say they're not paying attention to the landscape. They only see it when they're first and being foremost casted upon the, then the college football players will have you. Alabama has missed a college football playoff before. Right. Nobody said a thing. 
Alabama has been beaten before. Nobody says a thing. But let them be in a position to go back and back. Everybody lose their minds and act well, like this is a regular occurrence. Who won a national championship two years ago? It wasn't Alabama. It was LSU. Nobody right. said a thing. But here's the thing. I you. I think you missed my. I think you missed my argument, and that's okay. I'll, I'll restate it for you. It's all. I believe that Alabama, even though I personally am not an Alabama fan, and I don't care if they win or lose. I I like teams that represent excellence. Alabama absolutely represents excellence. But I think again, if Ala, if it's Alabama or Cincinnati, whether it be right or wrong. Alabama, 99% of the time will get the nod to get to get the spot to go into the playoffs. It there, I mean, we we've seen it before. Like you talk about, oh, they missed, they missed. Well, they missed because they got beat. They that's, missed that, that's, that's, that's my point, though. Alabama has never been in a position when it's should they go or shouldn't they go. Yes, they have. They, they, they have. No, they, they, since the college football playoff had begun, there has never been a time where somebody said, should they be in or not. Yes, because there's been times that it was Alabama and Ohio State and Alabama went. Yes, sir. You're absolutely lost nope. your mind. I mean, nope. I, we, we can go back. It's, it's oh, because, we can. because the bottom line is the bottom line is this. Alabama has never beat out, beat out Ohio State. Alabama sells seats. Alabama sells seats. Georgia sells seats. I'll Ohio State it. sells seats. It, I mean, like there's many, there's a myriad, and I don't want to do this. We can get so many other great things to talk about than, than, than this, but let's, let's not take away from the business side of this whole thing. Think about how tightly the NCAA didn't want students to be able to do the, the likeness, the likeness to, for them to get paid. The NCAA is the biggest rolling money-making machine as a whole. If I got on, and, and this is the truth. If I got a chance if Cincinnati didn't win out and I have to choose between Cincinnati and Alabama as a business person, I'd be like, roll tide, maybe put them at number four and they're going to get in. You know why? Because that stadium is going to be full. The, the merch is going to sell. We are going to make money. So, so there's that dynamic as well. It's not always about who the best team is or isn't. It's not even about a Cinderella story like it is this year. Cincinnati won out. That's why they're there. But if if, it, if there would have been any questionable call, Cincinnati would not have been there. Probably would have been Georgia, because Georgia would have sold out. It's it's just a matter. It's just a matter of money as well. I mean, I'd love to see. Yes, that's a point to a point. But if that's the case, if that was the only dynamic, then Ohio State would be there right now. They would have been there. Like there are there were teams nipping that that played tougher schedules. They couldn't. Michigan embarrassed them at Michigan. There was no way that Ohio State could do it. They no, lost. I'm just, that. No, I'm just, I used Ohio State just as a reference. Like, look at anybody sitting at five or sitting at six right now. If it was just about selling, all those schools are way bigger than Cincinnati. All those schools. Cincinnati's like, not even a power five. But since it, listen, if Cincinnati would have been a one loss team, but been in the mix, Cincinnati wouldn't have gone. Yeah, of, course, of course not, because the strength of schedule isn't there. Look at the, the level of competition they played throughout the course of the year, even at 13 and 0. Yeah, you but played, Alabama, you, you played a Alabama, beat up Notre Dame team. You played a trash SMU and a trash Houston. Like you yeah, can't put those teams with anybody in the top four right now. And, and yeah, that, but Alabama plays trash teams too. The strength of schedule matters. How many top? How many top 25? Matter of fact, top 10 teams. Right, has, because has it, Cincinnati played. Because they play in the SEC. Every year, the SEC is a powerhouse. 
I mean, it is what it is. I know, but that's uh, my point exactly, though. When I, when I said earlier, when I said that Alabama has not been in a position where they sitting at the fourth spot and it's like, oh, my God, are they going to get in? The, the, the resume was there every time they have got in. They either got in at one or at two. Alabama came in at a fourth spot once. And even then, it was the base. Should they even be at number two when they came in at number four? And that year, sir, they won the national championship roll tight. I'm just saying, even from the fourth spot. So, yeah, again, I mean, everything you said is true. However, again, however Cincinnati, gonna, you know, they're going to show up. Again, I, I think that the greatest point is, is that, of course, Alabama is an incredible program. I mean, they prove it year in. I mean, look at look at all the look at all the Alabama people right now throwing the rock. The Eagles, the Eagle, the th- you know what I mean, like quarterback. Oh, yeah, the they Eagles. own every single team in the NFL. You know what I mean, like so. It's not. You heard that Rio? Not, but I'm not just. There's an Alabama think, player on every single team in the NFL, Rio. I mean, there really is. But I, I just, I mean, you got two Alabama uh, players, defensive players, fighting on the bench this weekend. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying, like. Pain and whatever else the name was, but um, Jonathan Allen. I, I just, I just think that you know, like I said, for Cincinnati to, uh, to be in it, is is good for college football because it shows that that there is somewhat of a balance. Yeah, right. No, I because because I, I, I think I think part of the problem is is that as with anything, if the same like six or seven teams are always the one capturing the first four spot, it's just bad for college football. Even look As at Michigan. Michigan came into the year unranked. Like, yeah, they came out of oh, nowhere. Listen, I, I think I think Michigan's story, Michigan's story is a special story. This is the type of team that happens once a decade. Like next year, they. I mean, I'm I'm a Michigan fan, but I always like to tell the truth. Next year, they won't be this good. This is a storied team. This mm. is a team that somehow came together and basically said part of my language, we don't give a fuck about what anyone says on the outside. We're going to follow our coaches, we're going to trust each other and we're just going to play. Mm-hmm. And and that's when that's been it. And and they, you know, they've had an incredible season. Oh, totally. And again, I just hope it's a good game. You know, the Georgia Bulldogs are are incredible. Like number 19, that tight end. I saw him against Alabama, man. He he caught like four passes in a row to like straight down the field for them to score against Alabama. I mean, he looks amazing. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know that there's a linebacker or if they, or if they spy him with a safety on Michigan that can cover him. He'll, yeah, he'll get his, his yard. That's crazy. That's a, you know what I mean? He'll get his yard. Nice. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. He's a white boy, which makes me crazy. Like he's like a Gronk. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's crazy. a Gronk with speed. Yeah. <laughs> he's on my all. He got grunk hands. Is that the dude name all? Uh, I forget. No. That starts with B or something. Yeah, I can't remember it. But he he runs over the middle. He's number nineteen. Mm. He runs over the middle fearlessly. But you know. But anyway, let's let's go to something else. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. Pick a point. Shuffle a card. Give me a give me a topic. I'm ready. You got this, Rio. You woke me up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tender Reality Show. If y'all have not heard, we <laughs> took a little bit there in the beginning. But be that as it may, you know what I'm saying? When people be, you know, speaking about the speaking about the squad, we gotta hear them out, man. So we we take all topics here to Tender Reality Show. Get us on Spotify, Stitcher, Hall Radio, Pod, being YouTube, any and every we get your podcast, man. We're here for all the tomfoolery, all of the foolishness, and all the serious talk to, to go along with that. So, uh, yeah, we here, man. We got our main man, Mr. Torres, in the building, looking all dapper in his blue shirt, looking all devonair, might I say. Right. With the salt and pepper in the beer, sir. Oh, Welcome back. Oh, 
blue. I said, you know, you, you got to do what they don't let you do. Yes, sir. For how many years that I couldn't? Yes, sir. So Come now, on. Man. Oh, hence, hence the uh, the mohawk that I rock every day, like I'm That's like it. I'm one of them young kids. You know what I'm saying? It. <laughs> Wear it proudly. Yes, 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 indeed, indeed. I was about you to know, cut it off, and I was like, nah. If I cut it off, it looks like I'm about to go back to basic training and stuff. Listen, are you are you familiar with Eric Thomas? Best, pro- yeah, uh, motivation. Yeah, hip hop yeah. preacher. Yeah. The one, one thing I love about him, you know, he's like, I, I used to eat out of trash cans. Now I have a PhD. I come, I come in my, I come in my t-shirt and I come in my jeans and my my mad kicks. But he's like, when you come to see me, you're not worried about what I'm wearing. You're worried about the knowledge that is coming out of my mouth. So like for you, I wouldn't care about your mohawk. I would care about how eloquently and how much you can give knowledge to those students so they understand it. Like I'm not worried whether you have a goatee, clean shaven, (laughs) uh, mohawk, whatever. I'm worried about, um, you know, in today's day and age, can you bring the business? Uh, I think think finally we're starting to pivot uh, from, you know, and my boss talks to me about it all the time because he is a shirt and tie guy. You know what I mean? Like he grew up in that era and we talk about it all the time. Like um, one thing I can't stand is, uh, you know, we in my line of work, I still have quite a few um, people that are former military that feel like if you're, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late to a meeting. <laughs> and I, I remind them that my DD 214 has been filed and those days are over. And accepted. <laughs> you say, and when you say, eight o'clock and I sit down at seven fifty nine. as long as when the clock strikes eight and I'm prepared to brief you, don't worry about it. Just know that I'm here on time that when you, when you press click, I'm ready to go. And that's on me, right? That's my professionalism, but don't worry about it. If I'm not 15 minutes early, what am I going to do? Sit in a room and talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I got other stuff to do in my life. That's a whole 15 minutes, man. I got time. You know, we got a, we got a formation or something. We got time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so I, I just think that uh for in my line of work, I constantly fight the those that still feel as if they have to maintain this like sense of military. Like it's it's good because obviously we're all, we all kind of understand the discipline of like when to talk, when not to talk, like chain of command. I get all that, you know, and it makes it makes things work easier. But at the end of the day, I always try to remind people, like, you're not an E8 anymore. Right. And I'm not a captain anymore. You know what we are? We're peers. Uh, so you need to just chill out and, and most definitely don't speak to me that way. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. So. I, I love what you said in the beginning, man. I, and I think, um, like, to your point, we have become, it, it has been, become more about what you bring to the fight it is do you have the chops do yep. you have the goods you know what i mean yeah. and, and i think it should have always been there but obviously you had those those diehards um that saw exterior first and saw that how did this reflect and how does this look for our organization and i think now in today's society especially with the youngsters man they be having purple hair blue hair crazy you know the whole nine but when they sit down you know what i mean when they when they they in their Elon Musk mode or they in their uh, old buddy uh, from Facebook, uh, what's his name, Zuckerberg, you know, when they're in they, and they mode in T-shirts and, and, and Chuck Taylors and they making magic happen and getting positive results for those organizations. So, again, exterior doesn't always mean uh, a failure, right? Uh, it, it just how you come. You come, as a matter of fact, I, I love it when you come as comfortable as you possibly be. You know what I mean? The same thing when I'm pushing my troops, 
and I'm out there instructing, they see Mr. Fikes, bro. They, it ain't, like you said, they ain't saw him first class, none of that. I'm getting down with the gusto. You picking up what I'm putting down, regardless if I got a daggone stocking cap on my head, let's get this money and I'm gonna show exactly. you what right looks like, you know? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. My, my son, my middle son, Owen, uh, he's been a straight A student since, like actually he's a year younger. Like when he was four, we put him in a Montessori school and he did so well that they counted that as his kindergarten. So he actually skipped kindergarten when we were in Georgia and went right to first grade because right. he tested out. Um, but if you, a lot of people, you know, I've got a clean shaven head and I do what I do. Uh, a lot of people still think that I would approach things with my kids as military. I'll tell you something, Owen hasn't cut his hair in, in five years. Like sometimes when he doesn't comb it enough, it starts to dread because he's got tight curls like I had when I actually had hair. Um, that doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, when he gets down, like, you know, not to brag on my son, but teachers have to give him back papers and say, where's your work? Because Owen can look at math problems and just mm -hmm. do them in his head and come up with answers. And he's, he's, he's passed. He's taking college classes now as a sophomore and wow. he's doing trig and and he's he's figuring stuff out and now he hates he actually gets mad because he has to go back and be like like you know do i really have to show you this step to him he's like this is easy um and my point to that is he brings the goods because he wears he when he can he wears sweatpants crocs and a t-shirt to school yeah. and he and he has this long hair and he doesn't want to talk to anyone he, he hates he, not he doesn't hate people but he doesn't talk to people he does his thing, gets in, gets out, comes home, and like he's got his little net friend, his tight little group of friends. So, I think kids these days, you know, they can bring it. They just do it differently. You know what I mean? Now, I do tell him there are certain times when you're going to have to learn to dress up. You know, things aren't going to change like job interviews, um, big presentations. Like you got to bring the knowledge, but also, you know, there's a, there's got to be an expectation of bringing also your personal game to another level as well mm -hmm. and you have to you know clearly we have to teach our, our youngsters when those opportunities are there but i mean wearing a shirt and tie, if i had to wear a shirt and tie to work every day i probably you know i don't like mm -hmm. at, at, at one point i was wearing malcolm x shirts every day to work and my boss kind of pulled me aside and said i mean i get it bro you know he's like i get it you're not in, you're not in violation but you know yeah. can you can you maybe you just wear a plain white t-shirt once in a while, you know, like, cause it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, can I get a I white tea Friday from you? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You know, like I, I have the, I have a great opportunity to like, you know, there, I worked with a developer last week right before Christmas and he was doing computer stuff. Like, you know, we we're, we we're talking about the design of something. Dude, I know for a fact he was in a pair of flip flops and pajama bottoms Right. But when his magic on the keyboard and what what code he was writing, that's all this important. Yeah. Like, do, do, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you see my shirt, you see my hat. But right now I could have a pair of shorts on and yeah. like, you know, and, and does it matter? No. So I just think we need to focus on what's important. Right. Like, let's be good people. Let's be highly knowledgeable about it. Let's make sure that like when we're teaching that that our students truly understand the context and the actual knowledge we're trying to push to them. And then let's roll. You ain't got time for all the other stuff. Yeah. Too many. I think our generation has done a good job of, of again being the bridge of okay, that's what our parents went through, and that's what they try to teach yep. us. But 
it's not necessary in every every you know what I'm saying sense of the word like you don't need to be dressed to the nines to go to work like yeah you can be just as productive as some jeans and a polo yeah. you know what I'm my job realized that like we used to have to dress up button down shirt khakis every day and they were like let's do jean Fridays and it became let's do uh, you pay five dollars we'll donate the five dollars to charity but you can wear jeans all week you know what I'm saying like yeah. so, so, like then it just became just wear jeans. Yeah, exactly. And you again, put quality. <laughs> that's that's why I love my job, bro. I show up in cargo pants, a hoodie, and a ball cap. Like, I think the only time I don't have a hat on my head is when I do the tinter reality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take it off in the building. I'm in there when I was instructing the troops. If I'm briefing a colonel, yo, I got my Alabama cap on, 365 days a year, bro. Like. There's, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I and you know, up, man. There, there is psychology and studies. Um, you know, they're mostly about test taking, but, you know, that talk about the more comfortable you are, the better, you know, it's, you know, let's go back to Deion Sanders, right? Feel good, play good, mm-hmm. you know? Good, play good. good. Like, if you, if you feel, if you feel good, whatever that might be for you, I mean, you know, if you feel good in a pair of J's and a nice button down shirt and you know and you got kind of like a hip-hop flavor for yourself and you just feel yourself then go with it if it's a shirt and tie for you and that does it for you you know so be it like I just think we we try to as always and we've always done this as a country and a society we just try to label people and we just try to put people in boxes you know whatever just force things upon them like uh, like blue collar white collar don't really mean what they used to mean back in the day exactly so you know, I, I just, it is what it is. So no, absolutely. So I'm going to pivot because I, uh, I was waiting for Rio to, <laughs> I want, I, I want to I talk about it. Um, you know, uh, right now in the season across the country, this is really a difficult time for those people that are displaced. Um, many different words are used. Some people call them homeless. Some people, uh, have homes, but don't have means for food. Uh, Right now, again, at my organization. Um, What's the name of the organization? Warm Blessings in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, and, you know, right now we're, we work in a concert with Room in the Inn. So basically, um, because of COVID, we're only allowed to hold 20 people in the mm. building. And all day long, they can stay there. They can get some food. Um, we have a social worker who helps them get their birth certificates. Um, helps them get like their paperwork, helps them with court, helps them, you know, um, I don't want to say she doesn't really do counseling, but you know, she can lend an ear, but she, she has to be careful. And, uh, you know, according to what her, what she's allowed to do or not to do, but, um, and then we, you know, job placement is really big right now. Um, as well as working with other organizations in the community to help them find, uh, housing as well. Uh, and then at night they get fed at about five and then they go uh, with an organization called Room of the Inn. Uh, there's six churches that volunteer uh, to spend the night with them. And, you know, it's nothing extravagant. It's um, two open rooms with cots. It's a warm place to sleep. They're safe. Um, and, you know, one room is all women, one room is all men. They have bathrooms, they have snacks, 
they, they eat all night, you know, um, I volunteered a couple of times. So, um, really excited about that. Unfortunately, it only lasts till March. Um, and you know, I just think across the country, I think, um, you know, right now is November, December, uh, early January is always a festive time where holiday season, where people want to, um, volunteer, um, in, in their time and, and also, you know, give of themselves through, um, donations, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm also reminded that there's January through October, you know, and, and, you know, all of a sudden, like in the middle of the summer, sometimes you'll see that, um, you know, people go on vacation and then, you know, we're real shorthanded and you look around like, where are all those people in December? You know what I mean? Like the phone rings off the hook in December, but so I would just encourage people that uh, would hear this to open your hearts and in your time and, and try to spread it out. You know what I mean? Try to, try to look for ways to help throughout the year. Um, Cause it's really, I mean, it's amazing what people do during, during uh, the holidays, November and December. I mean, it really is, but um, the need is constant uh, throughout the year. And uh, I just try to encourage people maybe to, to look in your hearts and try to find time from January to, to October. Um, and I just wanted to put one plug in, um, and the first time I was on the podcast, I was super excited to be here. And, you know, I, I, I listened to it and I cringed because uh, when I spoke of warm blessings, I used I, like I do things. Um, and I just want to make a correction. Um, it, should, it should always be we when I discuss that organization because I am just such a small piece of it. Um, you know, I can't, the meal delivery that I do and the other stuff that I'm able to do is only because we as an organization, everyone is, is pushing out food, getting donations, um, you know, finding the, finding the stuff we need to put, you know, anything as simple as um, you'd be surprised right now, ordering uh, flatware uh, from Costco or Sam's club is a chore. You're allowed like one box per person. Like there's rules. A lot of people don't realize how short we are in the country with some of that stuff. The um, to-go containers that we uh, that we use, we couldn't find any for two months. So, you know, there's so many great people that are involved in in warm blessings and in where I uh, and where I have the honor of, of volunteering. Um, I just want to make sure that if anyone ever listens to that, that it should be it should have been we the whole time. I should never, it's not a, it's not a thing. It's a we. Um, and, you know, uh, I have a retired first sergeant, Mr. Abrokta, who uh, accompanies me now every Friday. Dude's so awesome. Um, and I'm just, I uh, want to give him a shout out because he has brought like a, a great energy um, when we go out with the people and, um, you know, he's always looking for ways to improve. So. Um, I just want to put that plug out there because I think I, I I was miscalculated in um, in saying I like when I listened when I listened to it back I was like wow there is no I it's we because it's a team game um, and you know I can't do it I I would be as if I could do it alone I can't do it alone I need everybody so I just wanted to uh, it definitely yeah. takes a village and uh, uh, it, it's it's funny that you went back and, uh, and corrected that because when I listened to it I didn't catch that but you're you're in the trenches every day and you recognize that 
you know, like I say, words have power. We always say that here on the Tension Reality Show that words have power. And uh, you recognize how it could have been perceived as an individual effort, man. And so uh, definitely takes a village, you know, and uh, throughout the year, each and every day, that sacrifice is required in order to help those less fortunate, you know what I'm saying? The unhoused, um, the unfed, whatever the case may be across the globe. And I think right now in 2021, um, we have saw two things happen, right? We saw an uptick in that arena in certain situations, primarily due to the fault of their own. People laid off by and large due to the pandemic, you know, and trying to find out how to move forward and how to make themselves recession proof instead of being at the whims of somebody else to say, hey, well, we're not, we're not selling fries today. Don't come in. You know what I mean? And then you still have bills. You still have kids to feed. You still have a living to maintain. And so um, I think 2021 showed us just that. Well, 2020 and 2021, it showed us one, how valuable our time is and what spaces we need to put it in, in terms of not just uh, you know, uh, money, you know, monetary, our financial compensations for our time, but even our volunteerism um, and those extra efforts outside of um, the nine to five to help, you know, just lessen the strain on somebody else's existence. I, I think that's what we all here for. And if we did that here at the micro level on a daily basis or as much as possible, you know, then we, we're creating the, the world that we want to live in. You know what I mean? We're like in the army, they always say, "Be the leader that you want to be led by," because yep. that that is infectious, and you, you're you're cultivating the world that you want to see through your volunteer efforts, through your your personal time sacrifice, and you know that's not an easy feat, especially like you said with the supply shortages around the country. You know, most people probably say, "Oh, well, I tried, I gave up." Through the hands up, did the old E4 move? Like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? But the E4 salute. <laughs> I don't know. You know. Yeah, oops, my bad, sorry. But staying committed, man, for that, sir, for you and your team and everybody there, warm blessings. And everybody within that community, man, I salute you. I salute those efforts. Uh, you know, may the, may the blessings and the efforts and the people continue to roll in. Um, through those doors to help you guys out in that community, man. Real talk. And, you know, real talk, like, uh, I don't always, I'm not good at this, but, you know, if anyone on this podcast is interested, uh, I'm looking to, like, take it to the next level. But to do that, unfortunately, you know, it takes money. Um, and, and not that One Blessings doesn't, you know, we, we do well through donations and through other grants and whatnot. Um, the director is excellent at writing grants. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that, um I want to feed people and to do that, you know, like again, maintenance on the van we have now, but I dream big. Like one day I want to have two vans, Come on. you know, one goes out one way, one van goes out the other way. I'm leaving at four in the afternoon. I get to where I got to get, I'm feeding people. I'm probably getting home around nine or 10 at night and that's okay. Like we, but we gotta, you know, we gotta expand our reach. And I think someday we will. You know, I, I've got to be patient because I'm a volunteer, right? You know, there's a, there's a chain of command, there's a structure, there's a plan. But I just tell people all over, you know, if you have the means, cook, do the, you know, the, the gentleman that came from Louisville, I think it was, that went to Mayfield where the hurricane was in Kentucky oh, with his Clark grill. Field. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. That's right. Clark's Vegas. Um, but he uh, he laid it down and then just, just started cooking. You know, it, you know. It, what do you say? Like, yeah, you, dude's amazing. And 
all of us can do it. And that's why, you know, I never worry about, you know, I, n- I never worry about the little things when it comes it, the bigger, the bigger thing is getting the food to people. And again, I, I truly believe that if you can feed people, you give them hope. Mm-hmm. Um, a full stomach lets you make better decisions. Full stomach make, gives you hope for tomorrow. Um, you know, there's many things that can give you hope, but I, I really believe that, you know, a full stomach and, and an opportunity for a hot meal just gives you hopefully a little happiness, a little hope and, and, uh, make, make some positive energy moving forward. So, um, that's why I do it, but Hey, uh, Hey, Hey, Mike, Mike Jones, I got a question for you. <laughs> Who's that? Ready? How's your mental health? <laughs> My mental health is great. Like I said, uh, been a lot of self-evaluation towards the end of the year and just trying to find out who I am and the path that I'm supposed to be on. Is it that, is it the path that that I'm automatically drawn to or is it, do I need to pull myself in another direction? No. And um, just making sure that my brothers and sisters that wore the uniform, they dealt with things way worse than I ever saw. Make sure their mental health is intact and in place. Let's go. That's the next frontier, man. That's mm-hmm. that's where we gotta go. That's the next frontier. That's the. Um, sorry. Oh no, no, sir. Oh no. Chad, I was see, say. Excuse me, Jose. Sir, <laughs> how's your mental health? <laughs> uh, you know, you and I, you know, we, we cheating because you and I talked today, but you know, my mental health, you know, I don't mind telling people, most people don't know me anyway, but you know, I'll just back up in my military career, started infantry. And, you know, a lot of times we, we just, you put that on the back burner, right? We're taught not to. And then at this phase of my life, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Um, you know, I had COVID, it kicked my butt. And then I, I just recently got over, not fully even recovered from a bout with shingles. I've just been sick and um, mentally, you know, it's just taking a toll on me, like, you know, not feeling good and not like not able to be who I want to be or, you know, because I mean, you're constantly sick, constantly in pain, you know, it's just like constantly like beating my head against the wall. Cause I want to be, I want to be well, I want to be at my best. You know, I take, I take uh, eight pills a day with my heart condition and everything else, my, my gout, my feet, my high blood pressure, my, uh, allergies. I take eight pills a day, basically to stay alive. Um, and I'm not proud of that. You know what I mean? So like you and I talked about it all weighs on you. Cause you know, I've got, I've got four kids and I, um, I don't think I always put the emphasis on being the best person I could be in the three facets that you and I talked about, right? Right. Your mental, your physical, and then your spiritual. Like I used to brush that stuff off, but I'll be honest with you, this, these last couple of months with everything I've been through for me, just, you know, I statement, um, it's rocked me. I mean, it has rocked me to the core. Like I still function on a daily basis but I'm not, I'm not even close to my greatest because I've just got too many things out of line. So, you know, I just, this week I went and to the VA and I saw, you know, I'm going to start talking to someone in mental health and, you know, hopefully, um, you know, physically I can continue to lose weight and, 
But um, but I just tell anyone, um, no shame in this game. Yeah. Right. Uh, you have to, you have to, you have, we are, I, I, I talked to you about this earlier. I don't believe that as men, we're taught to be vulnerable, right? I don't think we're taught to like talk to each other. And that's like the greatest thing. We are probably the greatest counselors for each other because yeah. we've all in some fashion or form, right? And we can all like laugh with each other and cry with each other and and tell each other like, hey, like, yeah, man, like there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no judgment here. Um, and there is judgment. Those people need to check themselves because that's exactly what was toxic in the army. And we don't need that toxicity. It's, you know, not just the army, but just in general, like people with egos and, and stuff. We don't need that toxicity in this environment. Cause we need to, we literally need to carry each other and, and help each other. And we're the, I really believe that's the next frontier. You know, anybody it's not being, anybody it's being not, toxic is uh, scared of their own reality. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I love talking about the mental health aspect because I ignored it for so long. You know, it almost cost me my marriage it's definitely hindered my relationship with my children. Mm. Uh, I, um, and, and I just think like the first step is really to like, you know, I've talked about it, but you gotta be, it's almost like, hi, my, you know, I'm at a meeting. Hi, my name's Jose. And like, for real, I've got problems. And, uh, and for real, like I'm willing to discuss them. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't function that way because I don't believe that we have created safe spaces and I don't believe we've created an environment where men understand that like strength is being able to deal with your stuff and becoming a better person from it. Strength isn't just keeping it in and, you know, have a, having a gin and tonic and like, you know, drinking it away. I I don't believe that. I don't drink anymore. And I just like, there's so many good things in life. You just kind of, you know, all right, shut up for a minute. Sorry, but I'm going. No, I digress. you good? Yeah, I was like, breathe on it, brother. Absolutely. That's that's the you deal. Know, I yeah, totally like, agree that it, it it shows more strength to talk about it than to hold it in. You know, I I walk I walk in the hallways, um, and I look at some of the gentlemen that I work with, and they're so like on it. But sometimes I look at them and I wonder, like the gentleman that I, that I, one of the gentlemen that I walk next to will tell you, you know, unfortunately a year and a half ago, um, his stepson, uh, who was a soldier fell asleep at the wheel and, uh, died on the way home, uh, coming home to visit for the holidays. And it rocked him. And the first thing he told me is he said, there's two things that are, are keeping me three things really that are keeping me together. His relationship with his wife, his relationship with God, and his relationship with their therapist. And uh, when he talked about the therapist, I said, like, how is that? And he's like, it's humbling. It's humbling to go and to have to, like, expose yourself to you because that's what you do. And I, uh, you know, I, I think I think that's exactly what people need to do mm-hmm. in their own way, in their own time, like find the person or counselor or whatever. And then go like, just lay it out because if you don't, if you don't, you're going to carry it and what you carry. And what I realized, I've always realized it, but what you have to do is like, you're carrying poison. 
you're literally poisoning yourself, right? Like we have a balance in our body between our emotional our spiritual and our physical. So like, if you're like, for instance, when, when I'm having really bad days and I'm depressed and I don't sleep, I can go two, three days without sleep. And then I crash. And during that time I get, I always get sick. The literal mental version of speaking in front of people naked. You know how people say they had that dream of, I had to give a speech, but I was naked. Yep. That's literally the mental version of it. Like, yeah, you feel like you're exposing yourself to the yep. world. And you know, I, I'm to the point now where, um, and I don't know how else to say this, so I apologize again for language, but I, I don't really give, I give no fucks. Like, I'm not afraid to tell you, like, hey, yeah, I got a problem. I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, all right. That is, when someone looks at me and tells me they're good now, I look at them sideways and be like, really? Really, are you that good? You know what I mean? Like, because that just means that you're holding it in. Like, if you can't express to another person and be like, you know, yeah, man, like, um, you know, life's a roller coaster and right now I'm kind of in a low. And, and be able to talk about that. But I know I'm going to hit a high again. You know what I mean? Okay. But you should, you should be able to demonstrate that to yourself because, uh, you know, for a long time, and it's probably, you know, my experience in the army, especially as an officer, like, you know, when I was having nightmares and all this other stuff, we didn't have time for it. You just don't have time for it. Like no one can. And, and really, to be honest with you, I really don't believe anyone cares. Yeah. You're part of the train. You're part of the machine. Like you, it's moving. They and, start caring when you start stop showing up and uh, you affecting the work. Well, you know, well, you know, the worst part is, is that, you know, let's be honest. When you stop showing up for work and stop producing, you're affecting the train. So then you're you're labeled as a shitbag, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're, I mean, that's the truth. I don't care. I don't care what all these generals say with their feel good programs and speeches. At the lowest level when things are happening and you got to, especially when you're, when you were at the deployment click, yeah. you don't have time. Like, you don't, you don't really have time for people to be like, Oh, I can't pull my weight. Well, if you can't pull your weight and you're a shit bag, you need, I'm getting rid of you. I'll find someone that can't. And then when they get rid of you, they try to, they try to end your career. Yep. That's real, real talk. That's facts. Which you know? your benefits too. So you can't go talk to somebody on the military. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Or if you go talk to, you know, if you go talk to, if you go talk to someone and tell them the truth and they report back to the battalion commander or sergeant major, depending on what your rank is, you know, first of all, a lot of times, and I'll just be honest, the colonel and sergeant major, they just be like, you're weak. Um, I've heard that come out of people's mouth. You're weak. Whoa, bro. Am I? Okay. Not everyone processes everything the same. Like right. I, I've met a couple of SF guys that have done th- things combat done missions and they just they're just cool with it i mean that's cool do your thing but it doesn't process in my mind that way for me it might be for you but not for me and uh i just think that you know the the arm i talk the army because that's what i know but i think the military in general talks a good game about this whole like mental health and supporting but at the same time like it's contradictory to mission it's contradictory to mission because every branch of service has to be mission first. If you're allowing your your mm-hmm. soldiers, sailors, airmen, coast guardmen, 
to really focus on mental health, they're not always going to be mission ready. And that's a problem. So, you know, they try to cover it up with like resiliency training and all this other stuff. But I, I just think that we, uh, we need to rely on each other now. So more than ever, you know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> yeah. So. No, uh, 100%, 100%, all of that, <laughs> all of the above, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's it's the answer, it's all of the above, man. Yeah. I mean, and it's a touchy subject, right? Like, cause I don't know, like for instance, Eric, I haven't, except for the podcast, I don't know you a great deal. Right. So it's kind of weird. Like I don't know Jonesy. So him and I kind of, but it's, it's difficult sometimes because like, you know, people think like literally I've had someone look at me like I'm a freak show because I've sat, I've sat in an auditorium and raised my hand and be like, I think what you're saying is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think these slides and this training helps anyone mm. and they'll be like tell me and then they'll be like tell me why and when I do I'd be like okay are you really sit down because you're about to think I'm a crazy man but you know like you know when I wake up at two or three in the morning and I start hearing, hearing stuff all over my my house and I grab my 45 and I start clearing my house you know some people are like what that's crazy what I'm like whoa dude no that's a lot of people do that or like, oh, or, or when like loud noises, like slamming doors or books dropping or whatever, cause you to feel like you're, you know, you're being like shot at, like, and you get like that cold sweat, fight or flight. And you, you know, you just kind of deal with it when you're in public. I don't go out in public anymore, gentlemen. I can't handle it. Like, I love the game. I love high school basketball and like smaller games of basketball i can't even go to a high school basketball game anymore mm. i have to sit like in the nosebleeds all the way in the corner because i feel surrounded you know what i mean i can't if there was only one seat in the middle of the bleachers i'd leave wow um yeah i mean it's totally affected like my whole life and i think it's affected some other people even more dramatically than i do i just don't think we talk about it enough i just think we we just kind of a lot of men or do what men do, which is sweep it under the rug and be like, I'm good, man. I'm good. Cool. You're good, right? <laughs> but let me tell you something. Like, I can just tell people in my instance for the long run, you're killing yourself. You're killing yourself from inside out. So, yeah. I, I don't think, know. I think for the, for the everyday soldier, right, from that aspect, man, I, I personally made it a point um, like you say, with the, the, the whole dev by PowerPoint to tell you how and why and how to act, like there's no cookie cutter approach. Like you said, everybody's different, right? And I, I found the best way for me was to, I had to foster the relationships with the individuals yes. who really cared about my genuine, my genuine welfare and, and yep. my well-being. And, uh, and to do that, we you know we got we got to lift our heads up out of the cell phones. You know what I'm saying? We got to mm -hmm. we got to stop yep. running the social media when every time something is. It's bothering us like that. You got to find, you have to cultivate the relationships to have that person. You know what I mean? Whether you're not comfortable with speaking to a stranger or not, you know, just find that person in your life that really gives a shit about you. Yes. You know what I mean? And you can come to them with those, with those, I'm just, it's okay not to be a hundred percent. I don't think anybody walks around and real tell you I'm on 10 most days, bro. But I'm the first, if I'm not a hundred percent, I'm not a hundred percent. And it yeah. is what it is. And it's okay. You know what I mean? It, it, it's their strength in not being whole. You feel what I'm saying? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's there's, there's strength in not not being 100%, man, because that in that vulnerability is growth. And I think that's where we have to continue to push the narrative or change the narrative of you got to be, like I said, mission ready, fully mission capable at all times, man, because the true leaders recognize what their soldiers needed. They will promote that more because now I have not just a physically strong soldier that can run, you know, two miles in 12 minutes. Now I've got this this critical thinking, mental adapting Swiss army knife of a soldier that, that's going to promote general welfare in the ranks and keep the morale where it needs to be, right? So uh, again, the whoness, it only gets you so far. You can only fake it until you make it so far. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, when we take those boots off, we all come out broken. I, mean, I came out broken. I know every, everybody I know that come out, they come out broken. Even in the book that I just wrote, uh, I'm getting ready to drop out. Um, I was sitting here last night talking to my other buddies from uh, another deployment from Iraq in 2003, my driver, as a matter of fact. And we were sitting there just chopping it up. And it dawned on me that, uh, and I've been real to tell you, I'm like, man, my book is finished. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to put it out. And uh, I realized it wasn't finished. You know what I mean? And so it, I, this morning I got up and it was on my heart to put, like, even though I wrote the story about my first deployment in Afghanistan, right? The back part of the book, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them, uh, I guess, a memoir of sorts, my, my personal thoughts of sorts, of, of mental health and, and how we dealt with that trauma, or how I deal with that trauma, and what causes and creates it among soldiers, man. Whenever you have individuals that are saying, "Hey, I, I, you know, I'd rather be over there," there's a problem with that. Yeah. I was more comfortable downrange. You know what I'm saying? And we've all felt that because it was simplicity. Exactly. In, in that yep. dangerousness, right? There was simplicity, yep. that, that that primal survival code that you tapped into while you yep. were over there. It, it was, you know, it, it creates a combination of a warm and nurtured feeling, and then it gives you that warrior edge and combined that makes, you know, for a great soldier in most cases, man. But then when yeah. you live in that, that space, you know what I mean? That relevancy, then you're no longer in that relevancy. You know what I mean? When the the... the the ordinary capabilities or ordinary functions of your daily life are staring you right in the face. You know what I mean? We all long for that, that purpose, yeah. right? And so yeah. in the in the back of the book, I had a I had a quote, and I think Rio saw it too, and it, and it says, uh, where to for a soldier without a mission? And so I, I took right now what I'm doing in the book, Rio, and I didn't even tell this to Rio, because I just start, literally started this morning, I'm like five pages into it. I, uh, I, that that kept ringing to me. That kept ringing to me like for months and months. And so now the book, outside from the book, I'm taking that that time, that that time to be vulnerable in the back of the book to answer that question: Where to for a soldier without a mission? And and in hopes that those words, uh, my vulnerability in that section of the book, uh, allows other people to find their reason to to push for their yeah. purpose. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's where I am right now. You know, I, I found that process of writing to be so therapeutic that I was like, man, it's something here. And so I'm going I'm to I'm hit up the main man, Rio, man. We're going to have to politic and put something in place. Maybe okay. writing for PTSD recovery, man. Start a, start a page and to allow people to own their stories, own their experiences, and, and feel comfortable with telling them, whether it's in, in story form, blog form, a short story, whatever the case may be because um, I found it to be therapeutic. You know, it, it's, my, it's my new form of fishing, right? Fishing was my therapy. 
You know, it still is. Don't get me wrong. You put me in that water. I'm a bad motor scooter, man. You talking about being whole. I'm whole when I'm on the water. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? But when I don't have the water because the weather's crazy, I need an outlet on those days right. when I'm not feeling whole. And so that's kind of the space I'm navigating in right now, man. I want to give, especially those guys that I served with I me, mean, we had several come back and, and, and take their lives, bro. Dealing with the traumas of, of you know, OEF 1011, you know, in Hellman. Yeah. Going through the stuff, man. And um, and I just want everybody else, the, the hundreds of other soldiers that was there, you know what I mean? To own their stories and feel comfortable with uh, with sharing them and let them know it's okay. And they're not the only ones going through it. You dig? I still get yep. those phone calls at three in the morning. Good. You're you know lucky. I mean? People will trust you. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it kind of sucks for sure, but the fact that people trust you to call you, I mean, it's it's you are an invaluable, you're invaluable. Like that is, um, and, and I'm sure sometimes it's a heavy burden to carry. Yeah. But I, I applaud you because, you know, I, I don't get those calls. I'm always open to those calls, but I don't get them. And, and I would tell you, you know, um, you know, when I first came in, I had a chance to go through RIP, at, which is now, I don't know the Ranger program, what it's called now. But, you know, I didn't make it at the end, but I went to the 101st as a, in 2000 as a steely eyed killer, man. Like this fat little guy right now, I was running 11, 12 minutes. I was, I would laugh at your pushups and I would definitely mm-hmm. laugh at your sit-ups, laugh at you. Like I got smoked my first day and they couldn't smoke me. So I didn't even go to the line. I went right to scouts. Um, and, uh, at any rate, I kicked off Afghanistan. Um, Melissa and I got, Melissa and I had been seeing each other for six months and I, uh, we got married and I was gone 10 days later. I came home and six months later, Melissa was pregnant. Six months later, I was in Iraq. So, I mean, my first like four or five years in the army was nothing but war. Mm-hmm. You know, when we came back from Afghanistan, I'll never forget. We were by these weird buildings. I think it was in, um, was in Bagram? No, I don't remember. But uh, our, our um, PA was an SF guy. And, you know, you had to fill out the papers before you went to Germany. So I filled out my paperwork. And he called me over and he said, listen, they're putting people when you go to Germany in cycles. He's like, if you fill this paper work out like this, you're going to a cycle. <laughs> said, what? So he handed me another another copy and I refilled it out so I could go home. That's the best real talk. Hmm. I told the truth on that paper and he looked at me, he said, if you if I file this, you're going to be a, I know you'll be a cycle. Wow. Because it affected me then. But I wanted to go to my wife. So I said, fuck it. And if you think about it, back then in 2002, you know what you got when you got back? They took the dogs out of the cage, rattled the cage, took them out of the cage, and they, they sent us to war. Then when we got back, they put us in an auditorium, yep. gave us the death by PowerPoint, and then said, go there forth you and go. have it yourself. Yeah. Man, I didn't know what to do with myself. The The op tempo was there. I was like, so you saw op tempo. Like, you know, like I was crazy. I would run every day. I stayed in great shape because I, I had to run just to get that adrenaline out of me. Um, and I remember coming back, not being able to deal with it. Like, um, one guy cut Melissa off. I'll never forget this. We were on tiny town road and one, one guy cut Melissa off and she got next to a stoplight and dude, I rolled down my window and went at the guy through the window. Like I was trying to get at him like a freaking beast coming out of the window, like cussing him out, lost my mind. 
because mm-hmm. I was so like amped up. As soon as I got amped up, I couldn't turn it off. And I realized early on, I was like, oh no, this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So my coping mechanism was always the gym and always running and doing those things. And then when I went to Iraq, oh, got real bad. Cause I, I, I had a one-on-one shooting. Like I just leave it at that. Like, you know, like I'm talking, like I saw the mist. Mm-hmm. Like there was no, like I shot across the field and I think I hit him. Like I saw the mist. Like I, you know, I was probably less than three to five feet from this dude. And, um, and when I went home, man, I was, I knew I was not, I would never be the same. Never. Um, cause I, I literally, I'm sure you guys have been around. Um, but I heard him take his last breath. Mm. Like I heard the, and I dream of Bob all the time. Like I can still see where I, I could probably take you to back to Ruby, Iraq and put you within 10 feet of where it happened. But anyway, you know, I, um, so all I knew was war, you know what I mean? And then you come back and then all you're worried about is PT and CWRs, you know, like a white cycle, whatever. Cycle. Pros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Like, you know, they talk about like, oh, you need to be disciplined soldiers. Well, you need to be human. Yeah. And right. I think that carries over for me. It carried over. That's why like, you know, There's on the depression process, yeah, there was, yeah, and and I never found someone my whole military career that was in a psychological spot that was able to talk to me because they, they had ever been there. That's what, that's for me. That's what I crave. I think, like uh, when I was in Lafayette, Louisiana, as a company commander, they had a, they have a huge veteran population there. A huge like VFWs, v, VA. I mean, it's huge louisiana is such a a magnificent place and i used to go see a guy that was kind of a counselor but he was a vietnam vet Mm. man you could put your your feet up and you know he could he could be like yeah i and when he when he told you he got it you knew he you got it you know when you when you go like this and you talk about the ring around you you would just smile because like yep that's the real deal. That means, that means they're, you're danger close, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, when you talk about, when you talk about being in some trouble and then all of a sudden, you know, your LT is able to call in the fucking A-10 and all you hear is wah, wah. And then all of a sudden, like, you're not in trouble because those things are such beasts. He would nod his head and be like, yeah, we had closed air support too. You know what I mean? And I think, I, unfortunately, I wish that more veterans would, were able to get out and go to school and become counselors because I think we take care of each other the best. Oh, absolutely. So um, if you're out there and you hear this and you're thinking about it, please do it because um, it'll be, uh, be an incredible asset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, I, I, I'm absolutely infatuated with the direction the show went. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know if you see me over here a little bit giddy right now, man, because again, uh, I think we're going to have to have more of these shows and going on in 2022 Rio, because we know so many veterans and we know so many people going through things and people, you know, and, and it's not necessarily going through on that particular day is sharing, you know, your, your, your message isn't for you. Your message has never been a for you. Your right. message is always for someone else that's about to go through who has gone through who's dealing with. Right. 
you know what I mean? And and I, I think that's that's what we are going forward. And that's why sharing and, and being vulnerable in these moments uh, is so critical to, you know, to the community. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's for the community. Again, I, I didn't I didn't write a book for me. That wasn't about me. Hell, I, I had the thoughts in my head. You know what I mean? Right. I, I shot the shots. I'm I, I about that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It wasn't for me. It, it, it's to give the other guys permission to to feel free to express their uh their their stories as well, man. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing, man. Golly, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> you got me, you got me rolling the shoulders over here. I'm gonna have to yeah, write another. I'm to write another chapter tonight, man. Yeah, I, and listen, I applaud you for being able to. I'm kind of afraid to write a book because I'm afraid that um, the venom will come out of me. Yeah. Like, you know, my military experience, I'll just be honest, I'm very proud of it, but it wasn't always positive. Right. And uh, that, that's kind of conflicts with me because I'm super proud of my service, but at the same time, like, I don't fool myself and say that, that it was, it was fair or that it was always, that it was always um, something that, you know, and, and, you know, the growth, my growth throughout my career, you know, made me realize things that, you know, that like I was, you know, from the moment you're in basic training, especially as an inf- when you go through infantry, all your one unit station training, and, you know, they tell you, you got to be like a piece of steel, you know, everyone else is a pogue and da, 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 da. well, listen, when I was in Camp Pennsylvania, and I woke up and it was all dirt. Third ID was about to, to kick out. And all you see is all the parts of the army, the Patriot missiles, mm. the supply, the tanks. You see the freaking Bradleys. Um, you see all the, the shower people. I mean, you see all the different parts of the army. Like at that point, I didn't care if you were a pogue, if you were a piece of steel, if you were whatever, you were like one of the most important cogs in the machine, which makes the army like the greatest fighting force on earth. Mm. And, it, and, and, and in those moments, I have such a deep appreciation for what everybody does, regardless of, of MOS, whether, you know, some people are like, well, I'm just an idiot, Mike. No, bro, you, you have a very big part in real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'm just a fueler. No, bro. You keep them, you keep them, you keep them choppers moving because mm-hmm. I need them for extract. Right. You know what I mean? Like everyone has such an intricate part and, and I, and I, I want to extend that forward because I think when we talk about the mental side of the house, we always have to remind people that everyone's service was so important Yeah, that you were an important part of the organization and that you should never, you know, regardless of how you feel, you should always feel so proud to be part of, of that machine that absolutely rolled over anyone that rolls over anyone. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if they told me I had to do come back and do garrison time, I'd never go back in. But if they told me I could just put on a uniform and just start shooting again, I'd be rolling. I'd be on the silver. I'd be packed. And I didn't, I I didn't always think I would say that, but I, I think that as I, I see like, you know, you see brothers, other brothers struggle, you know, um, you just realize that we, we really did do it for each other. Yep. 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 You know, did it for each other. Um, there's a great scene in um, Black Hawk Down. I watched Black Hawk Down the other day, which was really a bad, um, which was really a bad idea because I started crying on the end of it. I, um, but um, the Delta operator, 
who goes back in. I'm not sure if he represented Shugart or Gordon, but um, he goes back in after they do the Mogadishu mile and they come back. And he said, uh, he said, when I go home, people say, why do you do it? And uh, he said, I don't say anything because I know they won't understand. Yeah. I, I know that they won't understand that we do it for each other. You, know, you do it for the guy next to you. Yep. And, you know, maybe some people don't believe that, but I really believe that at the end of the day, you know, in our own little, our own little squads and teams and, you know, whatever they're called within each individual discipline, that you bring each other home because you bring each other home. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just, I just think we just need to, to continue to look to our right and left and continue to say like, I'll bring you home. Like if you need help, because uh, you know, it's like, we can't forget, we can't forget that like in our worst of times, regardless of color, creed, where you're from, whether you're an Alabama fan or not, whatever you, you still, you know, you still hold on to each other and make sure they come home. And we still got to just continue to reach out to each other and make sure we're safe. Make sure this 22 a day is ridiculous yeah. for as many people, as many people as we have um, that can help each other. You know, it, it's, it's so sad to me. Um, mm. I just feel like, you know, so I, um, and if you want to do a show, man, I'll be honest, I would call it, I would, I would fill this thing. I don't know how many people you can have on at once, <laughs> but fill it and let it be, let it be like a think tank once yeah. a quarter. Okay. I'd love to meet yeah. new people. Love to like talk. That's um, our mission. We're going to, we're going to solve this thing in 2022. We're going to, we're going to yeah. set out as, 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 as brothers behind the wire, brothers on the line to, yeah, solve, exactly. to, yeah, to honestly, solve this thing. Honestly, yeah. that, that's, that was our plan for 2022 is to like, January, February, maybe even into March, like all mental health. Yeah. You know, I, I just think, you know, even every once in a while, like your platform is amazing because you guys are veterans, right? So, you know, pack it. I think you can fit like 30 people on this thing. Find 30 people that are willing to talk about it and we just get in a room and chop it up. You got the premium, you, know, man. you can put a hundred yeah, well, they, I mean, you know, you know, I, know. <laughs> I, I just try to keep it conservative, but you know what I mean? Like fill it up, Yeah, you know, totally. bring other, you know, like, you know, what is your experience with the VA? Like until today, my experience with the VA for psych was horrible. The mm. lady I talked to today was the first time I even told her, I was like, ma'am, you're like a breath of fresh air. Cause she listened to me. She asked me a question and she listened. She didn't have the answer. You know, I don't have to take a, a hundred question test. That's going to tell me who I am. Right. You know, just started talking to me. I was like, wow. And she's yeah. like, what? And I was like, wow. So I just think, you know, I'll be, I'll be glad to shut my mouth for two hours and just listen to people talk about their experiences because their experience most likely is my experience and how they're doing and how they're dealing with it and how, how, like, you know, what are their needs? Like, how can we help each other? Like if I can give someone my phone number and we just talk like once a week to be like, yo, you good? you good? You know what I mean? Um, or just send a shout out or, or a text or whatever. Cause I really believe that people, people want to be loved and people want to be. And understood. Wanted. Yeah. And understood. Exactly. So, you know, 
But in our vocabulary, when you say those things, you know, oh, I don't, I don't need to, my wife loves me. Like, no, bro, that's not what I mean. You know, like I, I, the hardest thing I have a friend, I have a friend who like, um, we've been friends for such a long time. And, uh, I tell him every time I get off the phone, I tell him I love him. And when I was like immature about life, I'd be like, Ooh, you're totally dude, you love, right? Dude, I tell him that because I realize that tomorrow's not promised. Mm-hmm. And I want him to always know that he is probably one of the biggest people in my life. And that like, if something were to happen to me tomorrow, I would know that when I, if I were to go, that he would know that like, yeah, man, we're good. We were tight. And, you know, and I, I think you got to leave it with people that way. Don't, don't ever, don't ever think you're going to have tomorrow. Air it out. My wife and I don't go to bed anymore with an argument because you never know, especially shit, my health, probably have a heart attack. So I always make sure we're clear and she knows I love her and I always kiss and hug my kids and make sure that like if their last memory of me is not some dude like yelling about like cleaning up the house, but it's just making sure that I love them. Yeah. That's what's imp- that's what's important for me. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm glad it's we got reality show, ladies and gentlemen. Sir. Come on, man. We heavy over here. My bad, Rio. I, yeah. I feel like good. I need to drop a uh, show plug right there on the end of that. <laughs> we do have other sides, people. We're not just oh, these rock hard faces you see. Um, I'm, I'm digging this episode. This episode is going to have to drop, you know, like like January 1st. Man. We got to start the new year off with this thing right here, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, man, I'm, t- I'm telling you, your platform, I'm really excited to see it like jump off. Uh, and I hope that if you include mental health, um, I hope that your platform explodes. Yes, sir. Like I would, I would love for someone from, you know, like Wounded Warrior to come on here and be like, hey, saw your show wanted to we're working on some things yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy, but I mean, sir when he said 22 a day i was like did we tell him yeah, we no man so that, that kind we, of we threw got, me off a little yeah we got some we got some guys lined up you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah like we, so. we, we haven't been as vet centric as we want to be and if we're going to represent the vets the people need to know who we're representing yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that, that that was a big thing for us going into this third year of our podcast. We have to represent the people third year, bro. that we're here for. You said, I know. That's what I mean. Like, you guys are, you know. Um, now, you know, I can't imagine what eventually happened when you guys are, like, able to collaborate in the same state, same town. They ain't ready for that. They, you know, saying because they, they, they can only be so much positive energy in one room, man. We don't want to have to, you know, what I'm saying have somebody else bid in a new building because we'd have brought so much fire up in that thing. Not all, not, not all sprinkler systems are created equal, man. So <laughs> we're gonna bring that fire when we're together. Yeah. Absolutely, but that's that's what I mean. Like you know, I, 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 you guys don't know this, but I've gone on YouTube. I didn't even worry about trying to find my episode. I just kept watching. I mean, it, you guys are sensational at what you do and I mean that wholeheartedly like like I didn't even know and then once Jonesy told me man I started I mean I hope you guys blow up I think you guys are I think your content I think what you guys talk about I think the fact that you let a guy like me come on here and ramble on for like you know too long um (laughs) uh, and I and I mean that wholeheartedly and I hope you know 
Like I'm, I eyeball your, I eyeball your setup every time because I'm like, I'm gonna start my own podcast and it's gonna be like the one, the one dot com. Let's go. Oh, Let us know, man. We put some, Let's we put go. some equipment in the mail. Yeah, got, yeah, got yeah. I'm serious because I um, you got the media company for a reason. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely would like to do one that talks about just um, but you see, I I I would want to do it alone only because my opinions would be for Kentucky um, because and I would want to do it alone because some of the things I say would be controversial and I wouldn't want anyone else's name on it, but mine, you know what I mean? Just for that reason, like, Hey, how come we can't as a state, how come we got kids that are still doing their homework in McDonald's? Cause they don't have internet at their house because mm. it's not affordable and you don't have the towers. And then you talk to me about There's like, to do that too. I got, I'm, I'm going to find it. It's a way to donate to everybody to get, be able to get Wi-Fi. You know, and, and, you know, they talk about like, especially in Eastern Kentucky, where it's poor, poor, you're talking about people that survive anywhere from 19,000 to 29,000 a year. Some people make that in a quarter and, uh, they survive on it in a year, you know, like, and, uh, it's amazing. Some of the hardest working people too. That's where a lot of the coal miners are. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, they have needs too. They, and they have psychological needs that we don't, we don't talk about too. Mm -hmm. There's a psychological part to poverty or being displaced yeah. or, or PTSD. Yep. Exactly. How you're viewed by society, how you, how you are interacted with, um, how you're treated, um, how you're labeled. Uh, it just, I mean, you put a million words on it and, um, and I'll be honest, see, this is part of my maturation, right? I was one of those people. There were times, right, when, like, you know, I was in a major city like Chicago or New York or or uh, Milwaukee, and I'd see, you know, like, you know, homeless person, like, come up in your grill and ask you for money and you get an attitude. And, like, now I'm just like, hey, man, I'll, how about I give you a dollar, but I'll also buy you a cheeseburger. I'm not going to buy you alcohol because I want you to get away from that, but I'll buy you, I'll buy you a, a cheeseburger you know, or something, you know, I mean, that's an example, but, um, I just think that a lot of people either don't know it's there or just ignore it mm. when it comes to poverty and homelessness and, and, the and then on top of that, they add to the, the mental heartache of it with the stigma that they place on these people, that they're dirty, that they're uneducated, that they, um, you know, they don't want to work, that they're all drug users, that, you know what I mean? But what most people don't realize, like, for instance, I'm the breadwinner in my house. If I really were to have a heart attack, we might lose the house. Right. Boom. Like, that's just real talk. Like, if I had, like, a serious heart attack and I couldn't recover for a couple months, we would, we would be right on the edge of losing the house and I would be in the warm blessings line getting free food because I would need help. Everybody is one instance away. We may not think we are, but we're, I've seen it where you're one instance away yeah. from sleeping in your car, from losing your house, from something. Some people don't understand what check the check means. Like check the yeah. check means one fucking slip up. Yep. And that's right. That's my new life. I mean, yeah, check, I mean, check. I mean, that's a that's a whole nother show we need to have. But that that's that's in today's in today's economy, and I mean, even in yesterday's economy, that's no existence, right? Like, like, what are we doing? 
you know what I mean? So that's that's, that's how we living and operating, man. Like yep. you won one bad day from from being like you said, being in that line, bro. Yeah, that's uh, and true. And then and then what do you do? And then and then you, the person that was like those dirty, nasty, uneducated people, you're sitting in line right next to them, and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So, anyway. I uh so Captain T, before we let you go. All right. Let's uh what do you have to say to 2021? <sighs> Whatever that means to you. <laughs> 2021 was a time of um I hit rock bottom. I think I think how I feel right now is the culmination of COVID. Um, the culmination of, of, uh, as an, okay. So I'll just start as a nation, as a nation. I just think we're so separated both politically and just personally, you know, whether we call each other a Democrat or Republican or conservative or liberal or, mm. or an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan or, or, you know, Michigan fan or Michigan state fan, like even, even though like, even through athletics, like we're just divided. Um, and, and athletics, not so much, but you know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, even at sporting events, like there's fist fights and stuff like really, like it's a game, but, um, and I found like, you know, I call it taking L's like, um, you know, the loss of my, my mother-in-law was devastating, like absolutely crushed me she was like my second mom. Like when I, when I came to Fort Campbell in December, um, I used to work out at Olive gym. It was, and she worked at Olive gym. She was actually the first person that was nice to me. Like I talked to her, like I would go to Olive gym and like always look forward to seeing her because she was the only one that like, I like talked to a lot of people didn't, a lot of people thought I was like CID. Cause I, here comes this E4. I had my college degree. So I was an E4 living in the barracks, like out of nowhere. No one would talk to me because they thought I was like CID or something like, cause I was an anomaly. You know, I came out of nowhere. Um, and, you know, and then like my wife's grandmother, Oma was the matriarch of the family. Like we, we chose Fort Knox as our last duty stations because it was so close to uh, Clarksville where she lives, Tennessee. Um, and, I, w- I would just tell you that like, you know, even, even the fact that the two dogs that were with us for 16 years of my career, you know, like devastating. And then to see my kids, especially my seven-year-old be able to tell you more about, about death and being in heaven and, and um, being able to like have to process that. And my four kids, like, always having to ask them like how they're doing. Cause I'm worried about me, but I'm worried about them. Right. And, um, you know, I just feel like emotionally I just hit rock bottom. Like my wife and I are good, but she's dealing with the grief too. And I feel uh, horrible for her. Cause you know, she doesn't have any more family now. She has her aunt and her aunts, but she doesn't have, um, excuse me for a second. I gotta get up. Um, got that Spencer. Auto time light. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he at work. I, could, I know that light when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like for real, like I, uh, let's see if it'll go off. Okay. All right. We're back. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, 
that that's I mean that's 2021 right there. That's lights out. Yeah, lights oh, out. man. It was uh but 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 for every you know for every sunset there's a sunrise. Exactly. So I hope that 2022 is gonna be a sunrise for me. Stop, right? stop jumping ahead of me. Stop jumping ahead of me. Yeah. I'm just you know, right. I'm just you know, I'm just saying like so 2021 would be 2021 would be contemplation and despair. Mm. And what would you like? 2022. Health and peace. True. Health and peace. Mm. You're the third person we spoke to in this week, and everybody's been on health and peace. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that everybody's eyes are opening up to it. Like, you gotta start taking care of yourself. Like, and that doesn't mean physically all the time. Sometimes that's mentally. COVID. Yeah. yeah. I think I think COVID has taught us. COVID has taught us, right? Whether <coughs> excuse me, whether you want to get the shot or you don't want to get the shot. Watching people be on a ventilator, mm. watching hospitals be overrun where you can't even get sometimes a routine surgery. Yep. Like our I believe regardless of whatever side of the fence you're on, whether you're a vaxxer or a non-vaxxer, which is another example of how we've been divided. Um, the reality is, is that COVID has taught us that there's something out there that can kill us all, regardless yeah. of who you are. And uh, if you're not like, if you don't have your peace of mind and you don't have your physical health, I think people are realizing that, um, you're 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 not gonna make it. You're not as strong as you thought you were. Absolutely. And and you know, again, I I encourage everyone, I encourage everyone to make everything right with those people that may not be right with you now. Because mm. I will tell you once again, when I had COVID, I was vaccinated. And I know for a fact that I not been vaccinated, I would have probably I would have been in the hospital and it would have been bad. Mm. And that's a, that's, that's like a five day turnaround. That's not enough time for me to even breathe enough to be able to tell people, I'm sorry. It's not enough time to breathe enough to tell people I love them. It's not enough, enough time to give, you know, to make that call to that aunt in Puerto Rico that I haven't seen in 10 years, just to tell her like, Hey, I love you. I'm telling you, if anyone sees this and takes anything from whatever I've said, I would say, make sure that you dot your I's and you cross your T's and you give your hugs and you send your love. Because uh, I think these last couple of years have taught us all that um, nothing, nothing is, uh, is promised. Yeah. Mm. So take care of yourself. As Marshawn would say, take care of your mentals, take care of your chicken. <laughs> take, care of- <laughs> uh, take care of your chicken, man. That's it, you know? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I, I just want you two to know, thank you so much for, of course, giving me this opportunity. Um, Cause I always see it as an, an opportunity um, because this is kind of arrogant, but I feel like, I feel like God has blessed me with sometimes that um, I have something to say and I didn't always believe in myself enough. And I appreciate you two giving me a platform to be able to say some things. And hopefully like if someone sees it, um, what to come? they'll be inspired or, or get some, 
get something out of it. Well, you have a you open let a lot season. of soldiers know that they're not alone yeah. and what they're feeling. Hey, man, I, you know, I'll, I'll spout out. Listen, if anyone ever sees us and you need something, 706-570-4438. I sleep next to my phone. If you need something, I don't even know you. But if you see this and you feel like I could, I could be someone that would resonate with you, that we mm-hmm. could talk, listen, I am. I don't care if you're calling me from California. I don't care what time it is. I will... Uh, I will answer. That's dope. Yeah, that's heavy. Captain T, thank you for coming to the Tent Reality Show. And I want to say, excuse me, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> to the Tent Reality Show. I love you and thank you for getting me home to my friends. Oh, bro, no, thank you. We got each other home, right? Yeah. We got each other home. That's what we did. You, you know, we, we had some good talks where you kept me sane because you know and I know that there was, there was a crazy train at times and, and exactly. a lot, right? Yeah. Exactly. We know, we know. Hey, uh, Mr. E, I want to, you know, send me a, I want an autographed copy of the book. Tell me how much I need to send you when you're finally done writing it. Look forward to seeing it. Uh, and I might bother you guys through text because I'm serious. I'm looking to start up my own little thing um, and I'd love to get some some pointers. So uh, I know Captain Torres, and in the future, I want to get to know Jose. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, listen, you it. are, and you guys know, I mean, like I said, all you got to do is give me about two hours' notice and <laughs> <laughs> up yeah. in a hotel. Every day but Friday. You can, yeah. I want you to do on Friday. <laughs> well, no, no. You guys can come in. I just, I'll meet you after eight o'clock. Yes. You know? That's good. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Yes, thank sir. You. And uh, may God bless you and cloak you in his his safety. And, uh, you know, no matter how it turns out, Mr. E, you're always the man. Rose the man. Master. You, know? <laughs> you know? Just I, I don't know how to make a Bearcat symbol. I, know, I don't even know what the, yeah. Little Bearcat. Bear <laughs> What 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 is a bear cat? Is is that like a like a tortoise hare combination? I don't know. Putting animals together these days and making mascots, man. I don't, you know, it's I like a. Like, is. I can tell you what a wolverine is. Hail to the. Go blue. That's it. Hey, listen, I uh, I'm quietly optimistic. I'm gonna go grab my rosary. I'm gonna go drop down a knee. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray tonight. I'm gonna pray the. Pr- I'm gonna pray the. Pr- that's it. And then uh, I'm just going to, because my son always says, Dad, I know I know it's going bad when you start screaming. Like, they all clear out during Michigan games because they know they start screaming at me. But uh, I'm going to be quiet and have a little chips. And uh, I just hope it's a good game. Yes, sir. So, hey, God bless. I know it's been a long time. Thank you guys so much. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next time. Roger yes, sir. Take care. Hey, all right, you too. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Tented Reality Show. If you like what you heard from us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or just say, hey, Alexa, play Tented Reality Show. We appreciate you all. Peace.